Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. All right, good to see everybody. Good morning. Glad that you guys are here. As Pastor Jeff said, my name is Ron Stagel. And so if I haven't had the chance to meet you, I want to do so. So I'd love to meet you today. It is going to be a fun morning. So we're glad that we're here in church. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Proverbs. It's right in the middle of your Bible, just right after Psalms. You want to go to Proverbs chapter 3 is where we're going to be. So Proverbs chapter 3, we're continuing this series that we've been in called Summer at Milestone. And what we've been doing at the beginning of the year, Pastor Jeff always prays and he always tries to hear from God, find a word, kind of a direction for our church. And this year that word has been grow. So I love the fact that the book of Proverbs, when I think about Proverbs, it's kind of a collection of these wisdom sayings. It's written by Solomon, King David's son. And so really when I think about Proverbs, I think about practical wisdom. It really is. It's just filled with practical wisdom that can be applied and it will lead to personal growth. It's a big deal. And so we're going to turn to Proverbs chapter 3. We've been in this series, Grow. Pastor Jeff did a phenomenal job. Obviously, we did the seed study, which was a lot of fun this year. This summer, I really enjoyed his series on Empowered, the Holy Spirit. Those were things that really helped him grow personally. We've heard from multiple speakers. And so I'm here this morning to talk to you about simple truths that I've grabbed a hold of that helped me grow, that have helped me personally grow. And I always want to start with this is one of the things, just a little bit of background. Maybe you don't know who I am. I know I know a lot of you, but, but maybe for some coming in new, I say it this way. I, I really feel like I'm kind of a product of Milestone Church. And, and here's what I mean by that. I just turned 44 years old, but when I walked into the doors of Milestone, I was 28. And my life looked radically different than it does today. I brought a picture. This is a picture of my family up on the screen. So I got my beautiful wife, Azu. We got three kids, Savannah, my oldest. She's 16 years old now. I got Parker, who's 14. And then my son, Holden's nine. And he's wild and he's keeping everything loose and fun. It's prayers for my parents. They prayed that God just give them a son like he was. It happened. So I'm feeling the effects of that prayer. So we have, it's been fun. Again, that's our, our family. But when I walked into the doors of Milestone, why do I say I'm a product of Milestone Church? I was a broken young man and I had a lot of great things going for me. So I didn't have any like a traumatic experience. There's really, really no reason for honestly some of the decisions I was making. I have great parents. I got a great mom and dad. I got a great sister. I, I was, grew up in the area. I grew up in Arlington. And so golf was kind of my thing as a young man. And so I was competitive in golf, went to TCU, played collegiate golf. After school, I got involved in a family business. We had a Harley-Davidson dealership, and so I was thankful to be a part of that at a young age. We were very successful. Harleys weren't difficult to sell. They, they, they had a lot of popularity. Meet my wife. We have our child. We got Savannah. She wasn't even a year old. And the best way I describe it, looking back, you always hear about this. Now, to me, it was kind of new when you're in the moment. But the idea that we had this hole in our heart, and it can only be filled by one thing, and that's Jesus. Now, I, I knew about Jesus, but, but I definitely felt the effects of that, that hole. And I began just searching at 28 years old, honestly, a little bit before then, just searching for happiness for whatever reason. All the success, all the things that I was doing, it still just didn't seem like it was enough. And I'm an all or nothing personality. Like if I'm in it, I'm in it to win it. I'm all in. And so I began, unfortunately, looking for happiness in all the wrong places. And I began making a series of decisions that literally ended up breaking my wife's heart. We were in complete chaos. We were in the process of going through a divorce. 
and we were waiting. The only thing we couldn't come into agreement was, was custody for my child, Savannah, who wasn't even a year old at the time. So there was going to be a judge that was going to make a ruling, and that was going to determine what my relationship looked like with my daughter as she goes back from, from house to house. And if you're here today and you've experienced divorce or maybe you're in the process of divorce, like it's not fun and my heart goes out to you because it truly, the Bible says, let God, you know, let man not separate what God's joined together. It's, it's a painful, painful process. And it was in that moment, and I'm so thankful, in that brokenness, lost, just, 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 just have no direction, that God reached out to me. He revealed himself to me. And it was in the Denton County Courthouse. It wasn't super like spooky or weird. It was his relational and it just, it just, it was just him. He spoke to me. I knew it was him. It wasn't audible, but it was clearly God. And here's what he said. As I sat in the courthouse with my wife on one side, me on another, teams of lawyers, all the chaos, all the drama that goes with it. And God spoke to my heart and he said, you say, you know who I am, but you have no idea. And in that moment, I'm telling you, I was scared. Like it, it hit me, like it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I knew that that was God and I knew that he was exactly right because there was things I knew about God. Like I never really questioned God. I self-identified as a Christian. I was like, you know, hey, this idea of a creator God. Like I never wrestled with the existence of God or any intellectual, you know, big kind of problem solving. It was like, no, I, I believe there was a God. The idea that Jesus died on a cross for my sins. Like I knew I'd made mistakes. I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll take that. I, I need some forgiveness in my life. The idea that I didn't want to spend eternity in hell, like, I don't want that. I'll take heaven. Sounds good. I don't know what that looks like. You float around, whatever. I don't know. I'll just take that. That's the extent of my relationship with God. So when God spoke to me and said, you may know things about me, but you don't know me, he was exactly right. And that was the starting place for me to begin to see growth in my life, spiritual growth, growth that sustained, that lasted. And I ended up reaching out to a buddy that we were friends from high school. I reached out to him. And he was the one who shared the gospel. And in a Chipotle restaurant, I don't even know if I say that right, Chipotle, there, burrito bowl, the whole deal. He opened his Bible, kind of fumbled through this Romans road. I prayed a prayer sitting in a fast food restaurant and I walked out of there and I've never been the same. God revealed himself, saved me. And then he invited me to a little startup church that he had gotten connected to. It was called Milestone. There was only a couple hundred people meeting in Keller. I didn't know where Keller was. And I showed up at this church. And here's what I love about Milestone Church. The same heart, the same spirit that was present all those years ago is the same heart, same spirit today. We began just taking steps. Pastor Jeff, the men on this team, they began helping me. Discipleship. I didn't know what that word is, but they just basically put next steps in front of me. I began the grow track, began small groups, began serving. I'd never participated in any of that. And as I began to take steps, God began to reveal himself more and more. I began to grow. I gave my life to Christ in August of 2005. And later that year, my wife came to Milestone Church. The only reason why she came is because she didn't want our child to basically be at two separate churches. She thought she's gonna be at two separate homes. If we could agree on a church, she wasn't even saved. She shows up, begins to get connected, and later on that year, she gave her life to Christ. We were separated for nearly a year, but God restored our marriage. We ended up coming back together, and now we have three children, so that's amazing. 
I want you to know that because my greatest fear is that when you sit in a seat, I've been there and it's like, I don't know, this guy can't relate to what I'm walking through. He doesn't know. No, I do know and I'm glad you're here. We're gonna have some fun. So here's what's gonna happen. I have some simple truths. We're gonna go to Proverbs 3. We're gonna talk through some simple truths, but I don't want you, this isn't just for us just to be able to grab a hold of some nuggets or some wisdom. We wanna apply what the Bible says. Jesus is very clear. It's those that put his principles into action that see transformation. So we're not just trying to basically learn a few things. We're trying to take a few things and begin to apply them in our daily lives. So we're gonna do that. We're gonna laugh together. I have a funny story for you. If you know me, I love stories and typically my stories involve me and I don't know why that is, but they just do. It's bad decision-making, I don't know. So I have a funny story for you. So we're gonna laugh together. And lastly, if you're like, I don't know who this guy is, why is there so many ball people on this team? Like if you're wrestling with that, Worst case scenario, the big ball bishop, like he's coming back at some point, I promise you, he will be back. So worst case, you'll hear me, you'll leave with a you know, sweet treat and you'll have a great Sunday and so we'll all be good. So we're gonna have some fun. All right, here we go. Proverbs 3, verse five. Here's what we got. Proverbs 3, we're gonna read verses five and six. Here's what the Bible says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And here's the promise. I love promises. And he will show you which path to take. Now, if you're like me, I bet we could all use a little bit more direction in our lives. Like this is something that's significant. As a pastor, I hear it all the time. People wrestling with decisions that they have to make. You know, the number one fear for young people today, the number one fear for young people is that they'll fail to miss their calling or their purpose. That's all about direction. And the Bible speaks to it. God wants to give you direction for your life, but then there's the challenges, right? There's what we have to do. We have to trust in the Lord. We can't lean on our own understanding. We can't depend on it. We have to seek his will in all that we do. That's not easy. It's not easy to do. And even when you're trying to do it, here's my question. How do you know if you're doing it? How do you know if you're trusting in the Lord? Well, to find that answer, I think we have to go back to the preceding verse, verses three and four, just a couple verses right before what we just read. Here's what Proverbs 3, three and four says. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will what? You will find favor with both God and people and you will earn a good reputation, another promise. Now just track with me for just a second. The Bible is very clear. That's impossible. It is impossible to please God or to find favor apart from faith. So when we slow down, we think about this. The Bible just said what we just read in Proverbs 3, 3 and 4, that we have the ability to find favor, to find favor with God and people, that we can please God. So we know if it's impossible to please God apart from faith, we know that faith is in action. Faith is present. But here's what I'm interested in. It's how faith is expressed. The Bible says that that faith will be expressed through two words, loyalty and kindness. So to answer the question, how do we know if we're trusting in the Lord? Here's kind of the big idea, the kind of the take home point that I'm trying to make. Got it up on the screen. Your trust in the Lord, if you're trusting in the Lord, your trust in the Lord will be revealed in your relational health with others. So I wanna get super practical. How do we grow in relational health? How do we do it? More importantly, or more specifically, how do we grow in this area, area of loyalty 
and kindness. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get practical. I'm going to hit three simple truths. So here we go. How do we grow in loyalty and kindness? Number one, we're going to need faith. That's the first point. We're going to need faith. And you might be asking, why do we need faith? You know, loyalty, kindness, like I'm loyal, I'm kind. Here's where we are for most people, including myself. Like it's not difficult to be loyal and kind to people that are loyal and kind to you. Like we can respond, but Jesus always takes it up a notch, doesn't he? He says, look, even the tax collectors, even the wicked, they they can do that. It's the ability for us to be loyal and kind to people who don't deserve loyalty and kindness. That's where Jesus is always going to take it. In your loyalty, it will be tested. We live in America. I'm proud to be an American. I love Texas. We just take it up a whole nother notch. Like we're just like, man, we're just, we're into it, right? We love the idea of individual freedoms and liberties. We love the idea of self-expression, like you be you. Like those are, that just, just kind of paramount to who we are. And those are good things, but we got to be careful that individual liberties and freedoms don't become a license or just don't become an opportunity for us just to discard relationships, to basically live self-absorbed, self-conceited, just consumed by self. Because here's what the Bible says. If you cling to yourself, you'll lose it. And it's so easy for us to do in this area in which we live and just the times, it's so easy to get consumed with kind of self-expression or just kind of, hey, I just, you know, you be you, you make whatever decisions make you happy. That's just kind of your flow. Here's what will always happen if we lean too much in that direction. Again, we'll discard relationships. Once we get offended or our loyalties tested, we'll just kind of, we'll quit. We'll be quick to quit. We'll just kind of discard. We'll jump to another thing. We'll jump to another church, another job. We live in a mobile society, so it's very easy for us to do that. Your loyalty will be tested. God has so much more for us. And I even know for me, I gave you kind of the background when I think about my own story and just areas of growth, when I've grown. Like Milestone Church, like I always say, it's like Milestone Church, the blessings that I've you know, basically been a part of and seeing my marriage reconciled, my kids being raised up. Like there's so many things that Milestone Church has provided for me. But if I'm gonna be honest with you, if I was sitting with coffee and we're talking about kind of the ups and downs of life, I cannot tell you how many times I've wanted to quit, how many times I've been pressed, how many times I've wanted just to kind of say, it's not worth it, man, it's just too difficult. Because here's the thing that's kind of crazy. I've been thinking about this this week. When I came into Milestone Church, there was so much brokenness. There was like serious areas of just, you know, again, just disobedience. Like there was just, there was big, big rocks. When those rocks were pointed out in my life, I never, I never fought back. I was like, I knew those things were wrong. But what happened was, is I began to grow in my relationship with Jesus. As I began to take steps in health, to be honest, a lot more difficult things to deal with as I basically evaluated it are the smaller things, the insecurities, the fears, the stuff that creeps up on you at night when you lay your head down. Thoughts of, hey, you know, maybe I should be further than where I am. Is this really where God's called me? I, I get frustrated. Maybe a position would be opened up and I think, hey, that's my next step. And then it wouldn't be, you know, given to me or whatever. And it had nothing to do with the leadership. Nothing. It had everything to do with God working in me. I've wanted to quit so many times because your loyalty will be tested but it's a specific verse, a thought that's really helped me grow in this area of loyalty. Romans 5, 8 says this, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. And here's the important part, while we were still sinners. I love that thought because here's the thought I always have. When God is working on my character, when areas of insecurity or self-centeredness or self-expression are being kind of squeezed out, I always go back to a verse like this. And here's my thought. God, when I was being an idiot, 
when I was running in the complete opposite direction of you, you revealed your love and you revealed yourself to me in my brokenness, in my pain. You died for me while I was yet still a sinner. So why would I question your loyalty and faithfulness today? Because you've been walking with me all these steps. So if I'm here and I feel that I can't even catch a breath and I feel like I'm struggling and I feel like I'm drowning, God, I know you're here because you revealed yourself to me when I was being an idiot. I'm trying to do good things, but it's, e it's not easy. It's difficult. God, you're here. That's what I press into to be able to grow in this area of loyalty. Kindness is no different. Kindness will be tested. Here's the thing is, and it's not just honestly, it's not just your trust in God. You also then again, it always plays out in your relationships. Like God's put men in my life to help me. So the same way I press in and think, God, you love me now because you love me then. It's the same thing when I walked into the doors of Milestone. I had men, again, I would say it this way. I was way more of a liability than I was an asset. Like I had a lot more to take than I had to give. Like I wasn't being asked to speak. I can assure you of that. That was not an option. But they loved me then so as things begin to wrestle in my soul and I begin to get pressed in areas and get coached up or however you want to call it, I always have to remind myself, you know, these same men, they're, they're loving me now. I got to trust. I got to press in. I got to open myself if I want to grow. And again, kindness is no different. There's always going to be offense. There will always be misunderstandings. Here's the thing. Where there's people, there will always be problems. I don't care where you're at. If people are involved, there's going to be a breakdown at some level. And here's the thing too is sometimes it's unintentional, but sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes there's intentional acts of harm. So how do we do this? If God's calling us to be loyal, even when people don't deserve loyalty, to be kind, even when people aren't being kind, how do we push back and grow in these areas? Here's another verse. David wrote this, Psalm 56, 8, 9. Here's what it says. This has helped me so much. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my fears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. My enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. This I know. Here's what David says. This I know. God is on my side. Can I say something significant to you today? You are not enslaved to the decisions of others. You do not have to be enslaved to somebody else's bad decision making. God will always give us the opportunity and we get a choice in how we respond. Even when there's intentional acts of injustice, even when there's harm that's been done that you had no control over, we can continue to respond in kindness. We can continue to be loyal to those that maybe have hurt us in the past. Why? Because God, God is on our side. It says he's keeping track. He collects. He's recording. God is your defender. God is the one. Your vindication, you don't have to vindicate yourself. You don't have to basically speak up. Now, again, is I'm not talking about areas of abuse. I'm not talking about extremes. I'm just talking about in the general insecurities and fears that you wrestle with. God sees all of your responses. When you're moving on behalf of God, trying to do what God's called you to do, there will always be reward. He will vindicate. He will basically come. The Bible promises in Christ, every injustice will be undone. Everything will be made new. There's coming a day your faithfulness will be rewarded. So here's my thing. Are you quick to quit? Like, are you quick to discard relationships? Are you quick to basically just want to, and again, you might say, well, I just want to kind of, you know, turn over a new leaf or just start again. Like if it's a pattern in your life, you might have to slow down and think through, would individuals describe me as somebody who is loyal? Would somebody describe me as somebody who is kind? But the good news is I'm telling you, in Christ, we can all grow in this area. Second point, 
How do we grow in loyalty and kindness? Number two, we're going to need some margin. So we not only need some faith, we need some margin. We need some space. I have this on the screen. Just track with my logic here. I think this makes perfect sense. Loyalty is built on trust. Like trust is the foundation. So loyalty is built on trust. But here's what we know about trust. Trust takes time. Trust takes time and time will always take margin. Kindness, loyalty, they're never convenient. Let's just be honest. It's never convenient. When I think about kindness, the other day I had a flat tire and I'm terrible with tools. Like I'm really bad. So I was trying. I really, I gave it, you know, I got you in the, you open up your trunk and you got like this little kind of janky tool and you're trying to basically jack your car. Like I was trying. My neighbors, they're legit. My, my, my neighbor has, he has a seven car garage. Like he has one of those jacks. Like it's like NASCAR jack. It's like, boom. Like he, and so he came out and what would have taken me an hour? I mean, it was done in 10 minutes. It was like NASCAR. Like, zzz, zzz, like he was doing all the things. I was amazed. It's never convenient when you think about kindness and loyalty. Like I don't think it was on his calendar. Hey, I'm going to wake up, get a cup of coffee. At some point I'll look out and see Ron acting a fool, trying to change his tire. I'll help him and kind of start my day, right? It never happens that way. Why do we need margin? Why do we need space? Because it's never convenient. That's the whole point is that we have to have space and margin to respond to the needs of others. That's just part of it, which does lead me to my funny story in regards to no margin, no space. Last week, Pastor Steve mentioned the Tour de France. I am one of those ones. I don't know how. Somehow I ended up basically the whole road bike cycling. I know there's a few of us out there, but here was the thing. Triathlon, so Pastor Steve, I was a runner, I'm not again, anyway, I'm a, I try to run. I'm not a great runner, so just, you know, so, but, but he wanted me to get in triathlon. You have to ride a bike. That's part of it. So he's like, you got to do this. Now, here was the thing is I pushed it back for like a year. Now you're thinking, why'd you push back for a year? Because I started thinking about it. It's like, I'm not scared of bikes. Like I know how to ride a bike. I have to say I was scared of one thing. Do you know what that one thing was? The outfit. My Lord, are you kidding me? <laughs> Like, there's no way. I was like, there's no, I can't, there, I, that's like man spanx. Like, that, that ain't right. At any point, cyclists, let me just help you out. Because what happens with deception is you get deceived. So when you think after a while you're wearing it, you kind of feel comfortable. So when you're cruising into Starbucks with your little tap dancing shoes, your outfit to get your latte, okay, you're scaring people. Like, moms are hiding kids' faces. Like, it's just a bad deal. So let's stay out of that. Let's maybe order curbside and drink. I don't know what we need to do, but let's, let's help, help the cause. It's a little over the top. So here's what happened. Finally, I embraced it. It's like, man, I'm in this thing. And it's like, it's so funny. But I ended up, a buddy of mine got me hooked up with this company. And they're basically, they, they have kind of, you know, they're in the gear, the outfit or whatever. And that stuff's expensive. Like spandex is like, for as little as it is, it sure is a lot of money. Like that doesn't make sense to me. But I was like, I'll take a little discount. So I got hooked up in this little program where you get a discount on the clothes. But here's the catch. You have to wear what they call their race outfit. Like if you do any sort of local events, and I'm not a pro. I mean, again, it's like NASCAR, right? You see a brother at Walmart during race week and he's got like, you know, M&Ms and Michelin, his favorite driver's jacket on. Like at no point you're like, hey, I bet that guy's a driver, right? Like you're like, that, ain't, that brother ain't getting through the window. That, that ain't, he ain't a driver. It's kind of like that. So when I put on this spandex and I got like all these like, you know, sponsors, I show up. Nobody's thinking, my gosh, he should be in Tokyo. What's he doing here? Like, they're not thinking that. Things are squeezed. Like, it's just bad. It's a bad scene. So this race suit, it's like a little bit of European theme. I don't know why European. They just, they do things different. 
I open this thing up and it literally looks like a highlighter exploded. So not only is it like just, just over the top, it's every color in the rainbow. It's yellows, it's blues, it's purple, it's bright. It's like, man, I'm like a highlighter squeezed in this outfit. So one day I get this and I just owned it. I put on, it had everything. It had socks. I put on the outfit, the shoes, the, I had the whole deal. I come walking out, my kids, they're just completely distraught. They're like, dad's lost it, Ozu's laughing. I don't ride around town because I love y'all and I just don't want you to have to see it. So I leave town, I go out. So I go out to a place called Decatur. If you're familiar with Decatur, now here's the deal. I live in Hazlitt. Hazlitt's like semi-country. Decatur, it's all country. Like it's out there. Like there's people, they're living out there for a reason. They wanna be out there. They're country people, big trucks, all the things. I get this outfit, I go just to ride. It's man, just kind of cruising out there. I'm as far away from home as I'm out. I'm way out there. I have a blowout, like I blow my tire, I, I, I'm stuck. It's hot and I'm like, I'm in trouble. If I even had a signal, if I called my wife, it'd be like three hours before she could get there. So before I know it, I'm like, I'm gonna die out here. I'm in Decatur, like I, I, this is not good. A truck comes by and without even thinking, I flag him down. I flag him down, this guy stops. Window comes down, I don't know if I'm more scared of him or he's more scared of me. I'm sitting there like a highlighter and he said, son, you ain't from around here, are you? <laughs> no, sir. I said, man, I'm in trouble, man. I was like, I, was like I, I need a ride. I'm trying to get back to my car. I've had this, you know, a tire, whatever. And he goes, boy, well, I can't leave you here now, can I? He said, throw it in the back. And so all of a sudden, then I'm like, okay, this just got real, real quick. Like I'm picking up my bike. He had tires, all sorts of stuff in this truck. I get in the car and also I'm looking over and he was a man of few words and he was a tough dude. I don't know who he was, whatever. He's flying, we're going like 90, 95. I'm scared for my life. I'm like stranger danger, like this is not like, I'm gonna be found in a field, you know, they're gonna be there. I mean, the helicopters could clearly see me because of the clothes, but I'm like, I'm there, I'm scared to death. You know, in Texas, everybody has a gun. This brother probably had an arsenal. Like he, he was just, man, he was stocked and loaded. So I started, I don't know if I got this from a movie or something, but I started, I was like, I was trying to relate. You know, I was like, man, got some young kids at home, sir, you know, like. Son needs his dad, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how your relationship is with your dad. Anyway, I was just like, I was trying anything just to like, please don't kill me. So he ended up, nice guy, he drives, but he's not going where I'm going. He's like, I'll get you to the next town. So he drops, he drops me off. So I got my bike still broken. So now I'm in this next town. So I'm trying, okay, that didn't work. That was scary. I don't want to do that again. So I position my bike to kind of hide myself, trying to basically make myself as, 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 anyway. So I got my bike. And so what I did was I was trying to play it casual. Like I really was okay. I was kind of maybe getting a rest. So I was actually trying to size up who was driving by. I'm looking for a family man. I'm looking for maybe, you know, just somebody. And so I would wait, but by the time they passed, I'd start to wave. Well, they were already gone. So I was like, man, I'm not getting anywhere. Finally, a police car also drove by. I ran, I'm like, hey, I need help or whatever. He pulls over and he's like, you need some help? I'm like, I'm stuck, I'm trying to get to my car. And he's like, well, actually I'm going to an appointment, but I'll radio it in, I'll get you some help. Now here's the thing, I don't know what that man said on the radio, I'm sure it was a lot. It was like, you can't miss this guy. He looks like a highlighter, big kid squeezing a little outfit, like he's, he's there, you're gonna see him. He radios this in and when I say, I don't know if he was a sheriff, constable, this brother was bad to the bone though. He comes, it was just exactly what you picture. He comes rolling up. He's probably like, I got this one, guys. You know, he's like, he comes rolling up. He gets out. He's got the cowboy hat. The whole He was like Chuck Norris on steroids, like Texas Ranger. I mean, he just walked up and I was there and he said, that bike fit in the back? 
And so I said, well, let me, yes, sir. And so I opened it up and there was like the hard plastic seats. You know, it was like a little sedan. I've been back there one time, but that's a whole nother message. But I get my wheel off or whatever. And I'm like trying to fumble through, super nervous, you know, just, so I put the bike in the back. I kind of shut the door and he looks at me and I'm not making this up. He said, son, he said, by the laws of the state of Texas, he says, I have to ask you, are you carrying anything that could hurt me because I'm gonna allow you to ride in the front seat? And before I could even respond, he looks me up and down and he says, boy, you're carrying nothing that can hurt me. <laughs> you wanna talk about an awkward hour drive, like I'll get in the car, I kind of cross my legs, you know, just kind of got my hands like, you know, just, I just look over and everyone, like he, he wanted to even man a few words too, I'm kind of like, you hunt? You know, like I didn't know what to say. So that's where I was. <laughs> You're wondering like, what in the world does that have to do? Here's what it has to do. Maybe you've never been to Decatur. I hopefully you've never been wearing spandex, but I'm just telling you, one thing about spandex is clear. There's no margin. There's no space. Like it's all out there. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. So many of us though live life with no margin, with no space. We are absolutely, we're running at a pace that here's the deal nobody can sustain. We're so frustrated with where we're at, but we continue to make the same decisions. We're continuing to basically go, whether it's from event to event, kids sports are over the top now, multiple, and I'm all for it. Like again, this is, I'm not anti-sports, but I'm just telling you the scene has changed so much in terms of clubs and year round, and you're running around social media, you're trying to keep track with your feed and vacations and keeping up. Without us even knowing, we're running at a pace. We have no margin. We have no space. We can't breathe. Here's my thing. I love this. Pastor Jeff says this to us all the time. Can I give you permission to say no? Can I give you permission to prioritize what truly matters most? So when you look back that you didn't miss everything that you truly cared for because you've been running at a pace that nobody, nobody can do it. It's impossible to keep up. We have to create more margin in our lives. Different outcomes demand different decisions. We have to have margin if we're gonna grow in loyalty and kindness. Point number three, how do we grow in loyalty and kindness? Number three, we need models. Pastor Jeff says this a lot of times, it's caught, not taught. A lot of things in the Christian life, they're caught, they're not taught. Modeling is the highest form of leadership. Somebody always has to go first. So we can't talk about this idea of finding favor. That's what I love about the Bible, just the holistic view of Bible. We're talking about this idea of Proverbs 3, finding favor with God and people. Here's a cool verse, New Testament, Luke 2, 52. Here's what it says. Jesus grew, there's the word grew, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in, look at that, favor with God and all the people. Here's why I love Jesus always goes first. This isn't about us trying to grow in loyalty and kindness through our own will, basically, you know, trying to manage our calendar better. That's not at all what I'm talking about. It's when we begin to realize, just like we talked about in communion, that Jesus went first. He gained in favor and loyalty with his father because of the most loyal act ever known, to die on a cross for you and I. 
And it's when we set our eyes on Jesus that we get so overwhelmed with forgiveness and grace and the fact that you and I can be adopted as sons and daughters, that he loves us while we were still sinners. When you get so overwhelmed with his love, with his faithfulness, with his loyalty to us, that it's impossible to not to begin to express that love to those around us. And just one of the ways that we express is through loyalty and kindness. But we're gonna have to grow in faith. Like it will be tested, it's not easy. We're gonna have to make practical steps to create more margin and space in our lives. And here's the thing with this verse. I didn't just, the Proverbs 3, this wasn't just kind of a random verse I pulled out. This has been a verse I've been praying over our Hazlitt Campus launch. We are getting ready, September 12th, Milestone Church is launching our very first proximity campus in Hazlitt. September 12th, we're launching at Adams Middle School. But we moved to Hazlitt two years ago. In 2019, we uprooted our family. We, we planted there in hopes with everything that we had. And then with all the stuff that we've walked through the last couple years, like there's definitely been a season of kind of just wandering, trying to figure out, God, what is it? We're here. What's going to happen? And here was a verse that I came across, and I was so thankful for it. Because here's what I knew. We needed favor. Like so many decisions were being made that we had no control over. We needed favor, not only with God, but we needed favor with people. And that verse was so clear that what we need to do is we need to focus on being loyal and kind. And that's what I love about Jesus. There's never a neutral, there's never just kind of a hanging out. He always has steps for us to take. And so the faith in beginning to create margin, trying to respond, trying to basically create enough space in our lives to be able to respond to needs from it, because there's needs all around us. But if we don't slow down and we don't grab a hold of the fact that we can trust God because he loved us then, he's loving us now. As we create margin and space and realize there's needs all around us, but we have to have space and margin to keep our eyes up to be able to meet those needs, to show people the love of Jesus. And with models, models, there's nothing better for us as a people. This isn't just about a Hazlitt campus launch. This is about Milestone Church. Milestone Church at a large, we wanna be a church marked by loyalty and kindness. We all want this. Not only be a church, but we wanna be individuals. We wanna be husbands, we wanna be wives, we wanna be sons, we wanna be daughters, we wanna be families that are marked by loyalty and kindness. God has it for us, he loves us, and Keller's looking to us, Hazlitt's looking to us. All these up and coming areas that are growing, so many people are moving it, they're looking to us to make a mark, to make a difference, and it's beyond just our area, it's the world. We need this more than ever. These are simple terms, but I'm telling you, when we embrace them and begin to try to fight for them, they will make a difference, and it will be the greatest gift you could ever give to your family, to those that love you, to your neighbors, to your coworkers, is that you and I could be people at the end of our days when people describe us, they say that he or she was loyal, they were kind, they were there, they listened. When there was an opportunity, they always seemed to make room, schedule in just to be a part. They just want to be with. God has that for us. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. God, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that in Christ we have the ability, Lord, to keep our eyes on you, Lord, and out of an abundance of the love that you pour out, Lord, that we can express that love through loyalty and kindness to others. God, you've been so good to us, Lord. Help us be good to those around us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Empower us by your spirit to make a difference. Lord, we love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, 
leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.